This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, Ion hacked, CFTC delays, COT, Ion ransom paid, and Hong Kong exchanges make hay in KSA. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 180. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. So Ion was hacked. There were massive headaches in the derivatives processing business as a hack on the hyper-secret of Ion Group's networks resulted in all manner of processing problems, turning the exchange industry effectively back to the early 1980s if you were one of the counterparties interacting via your Rolf and Nolan terminals. It was a dreadful day and a dreadful week for Ion, where their notoriously shy demeanour for PR was eating their reputation while multiple counterparties struggled to keep up with trade processing. The CFTC was placed in what I do believe was an unprecedented situation, delaying the commitment of traders' report because Ion Group, through what used to be called Rolf and Nolan, had such a cluster mess after being hacked that counterparties simply could not process their trading data. Huge ramifications will emerge from that, of course, and it will likely materially affect ION. Expect questions on the Ag Committee, and of course, ION being a non-US entity, swinging approbation is even more likely, I suspect. Suddenly, the privacy of ION and its founder looks like a horrible liability. A quick glimpse demonstrates some $450 million of outstanding 5.75% bonds due 2028 from the company, controlled by, of course, former bond trader Andrea Pignataro. That ransom was ultimately paid. A a ransom paid, though, is probably not a burden shared, as part, I suppose, from the counterparties currently enjoying the futures trading 1983 mode after the ION hack. Hashtag Coyote Ugly was the way we put it in Exchange Invest with an aftermath which is already shipping up to be part Stephen King, part Roald Dahl on the horror storyometer. The regulators are vexed. Prepare for what may be overzealous prognostications and prescriptions. And ultimately this week, Hong Kong exchanges, they made hay in KSA. They had a good start to the Hong Kong Middle Eastern trip for Hong Kong's CEO, John Lee. He went overseas to the Middle East, started in Riyadh and was accompanied by many movers and shakers from Hong Kong, most notably for the exchange parish, the Hong Kong Exchange's CEO, Nicholas Aguzan, who immediately signed an MOU with Saudi Tadawal within a day of touching down in the Middle East. No bids, no chats went One of the headlines during the course of the week as our BitCarnage coverage continued as we're looking at the crypto winter and how it's managing to 
further aggravate and agitate the whole world of the crypto world. Some of the FTX businesses have in aggregate attracted interest from more than 100 parties, according to earlier filings. However, ultimately the liquidators were forced to extend bid deadlines for FTX Japan and FTX Europe's units. The preliminary bid deadline has now moved back to March 8th with the auction date of April 26th. That suggests that there's been a broad global meeting, formally or informally, of Tire Kickers Anonymous. But not actually too many people who really seem eager to buy the European and Japanese businesses. That is further ramifications because the odds then on FTX International re-emerging from Antigua Bahamas to the world are arguably even lower than the big fat zero burger rating that I gave that idea in Exchange Invest last week. More on bit carnage, the crypto crisis and crypto winter can be seen every day. You can read it in Exchange Invest Daily, the Bourse Business Newsletter. Interesting story, asset managers and banks have called on the European Union to cost the plans that the European Commission has to grab euro clearing from London. The cross-industry call in a joint statement said the proposals to bolster euro-denominated derivatives clearing the EU would damage the bloc's capital market. To quote the four industry bodies, which is EMA, EFAMA, FIA and ISDA, they would make EU firms less competitive and would have a negative impact on the derivatives market, EU clearing members and their clients, EU investors and savers and the capital markets union. Damning stuff altogether. Bit of a shame in Swaziland, dematerialisation of securities is not yet complete, we heard this week. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Results. Huge number of results this week. ICE managed to increase their dividend by 11% and announced another set of strong full-year numbers. Perhaps the star of the week could have been SIBO with their Q4 numbers or possibly MCX India where they saw a 12.5% year-on-year rise in their Q3 numbers. All of those results were in Exchange Invest, along with many others besides. If you want to keep up with the Bourse business every day, then send us a DM on whatever social media that you wish to use and find Exchange Invest, where we will be happy to respond. $349 per user year being the current subscriber rate. It was a busy week for new markets in the parish as well. Indonesia, they're targeting the launch of their national crypto exchange by June. That's somewhat of a delay to what they'd hoped to originally roll out by end 2021. But then again, hashtag it's complicated these days building new crypto exchanges, particularly ones where you want to line up with the overall fiat framework. If you want to try and understand better the whole world of blockchain cryptocurrency in the fintech world, then why don't you catch my latest book, Victory or Death, that's published by DV Books and is available distributed by Ingram Worldwide. You can buy it in Amazon et al. Don't forget, while you're waiting for a copy of Victory or Death to arrive, you can check out our live stream Tuesday, 6 p.m. London, 1300 hours New York time, the IPO video live show. IPO vid 
93 was epic this week. We had Craig Pirong, the streetwise professor, speaking. And coming next week, IPOVID 94 with Monica Singer, South Africa's most knowledgeable figure in the clearing and settlement of securities, is going to be discussing straight to the blockchain. Coinbase had an epic week in Cryptoland. They won a dismissal of a lawsuit claiming that they had sold tokens illegally. Their stock jumped instantaneously, some 24%, and has been on a bit of a surge ever since. Admittedly, it's still down 60-70% from the all-time highs. Product news this week. India's MCX are going to relaunch cotton futures contracts on February 13th. And SGX are going to launch container FFAs. While technology news was dominated by the Ion cyber attack during the course of the past week, in regulation, the Bank of England have said that they're going to be toughening up rules for liability-driven funds. Liability-driven funds being, of course, the LDI instrument that essentially put paid to the Liz Truss Prime Ministership during the course of the year, some might say due to the failings of the Bank of England. At the same time, uh, Britain's Finance Ministry have set out draft rules to regulate crypto assets, although there's also a crackdown in the air against those who are advertising crypto in a fraudulent manner. That's coming from from the FCA too. Over at the SEC, Gary Gensler, the chairman there, is weighing scaling back his climate rules as lawsuits loom. The question is, of course, can litigation kill the SEC's overreach or will they manage to hold some ground? Career paths this week, the ASX have continued their board renewal. Vicky Carter and Luke Randell will join as non-executive directors. Uh, Ms. Carter's appointment was effective from 2nd of February. Mr. Randall's is coming up on the 3rd of April. A little bit of good news from the FIA, the Futures Industry Association. They've announced their 2023 Hall of Fame honorees. And it's a fabulous slate of people, including the likes of Guidon Hurston, Elizabeth Sam, and many, many others. Most notably, I think, are the late lamented Nick Carew Hunt. What a tragedy that he won't be able to actually come along and celebrate his victory in person because it would have been a joy to do so at the Boca Resort for the FIA. However, one person who will be there is the former vice chairman of CME, a board member of CME Group from 1984 to 2017 and a leader in driving CME Electronic, James Olaf. I salute you, Jim, and I'm really looking forward to toasting your excellent achievement at the Boca Conference. Meanwhile, the wait is such nowadays that if you want a new British passport for your summer holidays, it may be best to apply for it now and hope it arrives, probably before summer 2024. Such is the dysfunction of work from homes, dysfunctional brigades of civil servants masquerading as employees, that their recent threat to go on strike sounds like a boon. How could service actually be any worse? Short of the infamous threats of a philosopher's strike in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I cannot conceive of a more hollow trades union action. And on that mysterious and magnificent note from the Parish of Exchanges all the way through Big World, my name is Patrick L. Young. Thank you very much for listening. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses.
It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.